this the intro or the outro music? This is the intro. Oh. But we don't oh, have any topics oh, and you're, fuck, you're are we shooting. about to start a podcast <laughs> without any topics? Yeah, we are, apparently. Holy shit. We're going to end up cancelling this. No, I think we've got it. This, all right, well, you better have something to talk about. I've got actually nothing to talk about. Are you serious? That's that. Well, we guaranteed ourselves that we would talk about something. So, top of Hacker News. <laughs> okay, we're definitely canning this. We need to start. <laughs> no, no, no. Terraform released a new version. Two versions, actually. Okay. 0.14.7. We all know that you're a big Terraform fan. I am. It's a love-hate relationship. Well, you do infrastructure for fun, so... That's a meme. When, no, the, when asked for, like, well an The best estimate. memes are the ones that are <laughs> true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yes, people, in his spare time, he just writes infrastructure code. All, all the IAC stuff is just like, it's not even real work, it's just fun. Yeah, um, I know how I like spending my Saturday nights. Yeah, writing Ansible. <laughs> if I'm not writing a playbook, what am I doing? <laughs> You're wasting your life otherwise. I know. So what's the new features from the new Terraform? Is it an update to the, is it update to it's HCL? It's one of the uh, slowest languages of all time. They, uh, but that might mean it's really strong. I don't know. It's uh, it's still in a zero point one. It's so it's the current version is 0.14, mm. and uh, I don't know what they're intending to do for v1. Maybe I should read more blog posts. But the uh, language itself is very bulky. There's a lot of edges you can cut yourself on if you're not used to it. Mm. I've cut myself a lot mm. in the past. Yeah, and. There's no way they could document the edges, but I feel like a lot of the edge cases are things that could have been resolved. Yeah. But uh, instead, all you get is like, modified the behavior of to list, and that's the entire update for Terraform for two months. Mm. They have a whole team working on it, so. Slow deploy, slow releases might be a good thing, but. Slow I mean releases less, are fine. But it's less work for us. Yeah, but it's like, uh, it's HashiCorp's thing. They yeah. They should like actually make it a decent language. There's I I was um I can't remember what the bug was, but uh, there was a bug, there was an open issue um from 3 years ago that I ran into 2 weeks ago. Yep. Uh that is only re- like was only fixed in a a recent release. Three, uh, 3 years to fix it. Yeah. Very What's going on there? They have the slowest like issue resolve time of of anything. What other options? It's so critical to so many businesses now. You don't use Terraform. What do you What do you do? Uh, Without Terraform, yeah, I suppose you can do. You can write uh, your own IAC. You're not dependent on a language. There's lots of little languages that have popped up as uh, the DevOps culture has ensued. Mm. DevOps isn't about the language, though. But anyway, it's more of a lifestyle. I feel. Yeah, it's it's more of like a you know something you do with your friends. I don't know. Hey guys, want to get together and do some DevOps you this do weekend? Some DevOps this week? Only we're no, writing Timmy, that's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> what I if we get caught? My mum said I shouldn't. <laughs> it's yeah. All well my friends are doing DevOps though. It is a dark path to follow. It is. It's uh, you know, I feel like um, doing DevOps uh, like in my last job, um, before I moved to being like just another software engineer was uh, it's a lot of just staring at logs, just hit and deploy, 
sort of going on your phone, <laughs> waiting, <laughs> and then eventually something will spit out an error, and then you do the same thing over and over. It's a very slow like cycle. Yeah, DevOps builds. So maybe it, it's good for certain personality types. If you're the kind of developer where you like coffee breaks, you like that thinking time. DevOps. Oh, <laughs> is that me? <laughs> I think it might be. <laughs> going to deploy this and i'll be back in 15 minutes yeah yeah it gives me time to take my dog for a walk you know but sometimes uh that time away from the desk is the best coding time you don't necessarily about it you don't necessarily stop coding just because you stop typing well i mean the coding is stopped but the gears are turning gears are turning yeah yeah that's what i mean the The problem solving the problem solving process is still happening even though you aren't actually writing code that's right without the even though there's no red or green that's another thing. The testing in Terraform's really horrific. Mm. Like all of these, like uh, infrast- it's it's difficult, right? It's a difficult problem space. Mm. So it makes sense why they are the way that they are. But a lot of these languages, it seems like there's a huge bubble of hype, and then they just end up dying off because mm. they can't live up to the hype. Terraform, I don't know, might be that way. Well, you end up having to go with platform specific kind of languages don't you like your cloud formation cloud formation or cdk cloud development kit now google has one as well they have a yaml but yaml is just a bad format for deploying infrastructure i mean i'm not you know i'm not judging anyone that uses yaml i am judging them but yaml gods are going to be angry yeah (laughs) but uh, it's you need a programming language to do a lot of this stuff you always need to fall back be able to at least fall back to to uh if statements. Because YAML's just configuration language, yeah? Well, it's just another markup language. Mm. YAML is yet another markup language. Yep. Yep. Is it I better? Believe. Why do people tend to go for YAML instead of JSON? Well, YAML just has a, in a way, it's more easily scannable. So if you read a YAML configuration file, yeah. you don't have the, 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 like, you don't have to have the, the, the brackets around the objects and everything, which yeah. sort of add additional lines, and yeah. then you may lose place in your your uh, where you are, mm. I suppose, is a reason. Yeah. Um, I, I always had uh, an, a thing for Vim that would hide all the brackets. Ah, yeah. So it would still, like, if you formatted the file, it yeah. would look the same as YAML. Yeah. But, you know. Why don't we just TypeScript it? TypeScript configuration? I yeah. think that, that is actually a trend that I'm seeing. CDK may actually be ahead of the curve. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what CDK AWS does. AWS CDK is a TypeScript like uh, infrastructure deployment uh, library and system. So development kit. Yeah, cloud development kit, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Amazon specific. I don't know if they'll support uh, cross cloud stuff. I know that um, there's a big thing about uh, cloud providers are attempting to get into the cross cloud market because a lot of larger companies are trying to. You know, to stratify across, yeah, yeah multiple multiple clouds. Yeah. Because um, you need that when you're going to get deplatformed. Yeah. You don't want to get uh, what's that company's name? You don't want to get parlored. You don't want to get parlored. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I- I- anyone who who would have anything controversial for sure would need uh, a cross cloud solution, unlike those ding dongs at Parlor. <laughs> That's right. I called them ding dongs. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if you work at Parlor and you're listening to this. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're not listening to podcasts. They're still trying to get. <laughs> they're still trying to <laughs> re-platform the, their the app. <laughs> no time for podcasts. I don't think they've left the office since. No, I don't know anything about them. So actually, we should check up and see. 
we should with everything. Well, you know, unfortunately, we started this podcast live <laughs> without any <laughs> topics. But sometimes you want to just write code and, and not think about you why you're writing deliver. code. Just yeah. hop in and start writing stuff and maybe like gold comes out, maybe rubbish comes out. But write some expressions. Coder Academy just graduated a whole bunch of people. Yeah. See that? So Takes me back. I remember those days. Mm. I was terrified. I was a terrified graduate. Going into the big bad world. Oh, yeah. I was so nervous. I was like shaking constantly. I remember. Having to write production code. It wasn't the coding. It was the people. People ah. are the hard part of software. Yeah. The coding is the easy part. Having to say hello to everyone. Absolutely. That is a, like a daily struggle for me. Yeah. Having to walk into an office full of people you don't know and introduce yourself oh. and make small talk. I just don't do that. I just try and stick in the corners <laughs> and then <laughs> maybe no one, no one notices. will introduce themselves <laughs> to me. If I get my tickets and uh, no one talks to me, that's going to be a good state of affairs. Yeah. Yeah. That guy's been here for six months, but he hasn't said anything. Better leave him alone. Yeah. Well, it's contextual. If they want to come over and ask me about code, then fantastic. I'd love to talk to you literally <laughs> all day. <laughs> However, what happens is they come over with like one coding question. Yeah. And uh, it's like, hey, can you tell me like, oh, which service does this? What's the best programming language? Yeah. N well, no, but like it'll be like something domain specific. So ah, like okay. what endpoint do I need to call to get this data from ah, your service? Right, right? okay. And then they'll come over, they'll have that, and then it'll transition. They'll be like, so how was your weekend? Oh. And it's like, okay, <laughs> cut cut the tape. <laughs> That's it. Whoa, 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 Please. whoa, whoa. <laughs> Can you go back to the previous question? <laughs> well, you need to put in your documentation. Let's discuss testing or yeah, something. You need to like document what is actually allowed to be discussed. Yeah. What if we had a, like a, you know, uh, what is it, confluence? Mm. What if we had confluence but for people? That's what... Yeah, how to interact. How like to interact with them. A code, Actually, of, that's code a of conduct for how to, to speak I've seen to that you. on LinkedIn. A lot of recruiters are like, or like, I don't know, the human resources people that I follow are talking about having like uh, people submit the way that they communicate to their managers. Ah. Yeah. So that, because not everyone communicates the same way. Google recognizes this as well. Mm. Some people are actually just introverts and they still I think that's a good work idea. just as well. But some people like, some people consider it rude if you just walk up to them and you get straight to the question. Yeah. And some people would consider it rude to like talk about your day for 30 minutes. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Well, it depends on, on what you've got on your plate for the day too. It's also culturally. Culturally, yeah. yeah I think I mentioned before, the last place, a lot of uh, Chinese developers and they were all very, I don't know if it's entirely cultural, but uh, they told me that it was uh, cultural and uh they were all very blunt. Mm. Every every statement. I never had to worry about being asked how the weekend was. <laughs> <laughs> very direct. <laughs> it was straight to coding. Yeah. Uh, but we would still like have a nice conversation, but it'd be brief and everyone had a respect for each other's time, which mm. was fantastic. So. Yeah, if you you need to get that understanding on how how much time the other person has to give. Yeah. Otherwise, if you go over there and Not everyone picks up on those cues though, unfortunately. Specifically, not developers. Well, they obviously don't know that you need to keep up to date with the latest Terraform updates. That's right. Like, sorry, you interrupted me reading Hacker News. <laughs> <laughs> Can you go away? Please? Actually, anyone who needs to talk to you needs to look at what you've read today already and see where you're at. Like, yeah. there's a, if there's a or maybe they should just submit an article 
somewhere that I read and then I'll like see it at some point. Mm. And that's probably the best way to communicate with me. Sometimes I used to message people on Slack and be like, hey, have you got time to talk? Or like, what's a good time to talk? How do you feel about communication strategies for developers? What works for you in an organization? Is it Slack, like those quick bursts of information or email? Mm. I don't think email's the greatest because the, the, the time for feedback is quite long and delayed. That's true. If I'm on Slack and someone asks me a message, uh, asks me a question, sends me a message, and I reply quickly, I always like to get a reply back. Yeah, I, I don't like Slack Doesn't to turn really into work. an email. Yeah, I've, I, I've I treat Slack like email and email like a black hole. <laughs> 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 well, I think that's the beauty of Slack. You get the quick feedback. So you can have those quick little chats if you need to. Mm. But if it needs to go longer, maybe... Um, sometimes technical discussions are great over Slack, but because it gives the other person the opportunity to collect their thoughts and type it and retype it and really get it nice and succinct. Oh, I don't do that. i uh i I did recognize that in some of the more senior developers that i worked with some of the people who'd been working for like you know 30 plus years they would all like type and then i could see them stop pause type and they would send me back a paragraph and they did actually treat it like email but me like as soon as i see a message i just like slap out first three words I can think of. And then I, s- I, I always do like batches, like 16 messages <laughs> at a time. Very frustrating for other people. I used to work with one developer and he used to actually say to people, if the, if the conversation got too technical, he asked them to move it onto Slack because he was more comfortable. And inside of email, you mean? No, like verbal. Like if someone was Ugh. at his desk no. and they were talking about things, yeah, he would like... Oh, move, that that gives me he'd like try agony. And he would try and move it over to Slack so that... He had that little bit of buffer, so Opposite. that he could be more technical. Maybe it comes down to how good your verbal communication skills are versus how your good your typing skills are. Well, I've got the weak verbal skills, but I still would much rather prefer a technical discussion verbally, because I can read the person's face and see which parts don't mesh with their understanding. Ah, yeah. And if I do text, I'm like, I have no idea, like. People level up very quickly in software. So you have no idea whether or not what you're sending them is like something that's going to make them feel like, why are you telling me this? This is so obvious. Oh, or yeah. It's very hard to judge. But yeah. in person, verbally, you can sort of gauge where they are and put what you're saying. On the, on the things that need more emphasis. And yeah. And, and bre- you can ask along the way, be like, hey, how, how are you tracking with this? Like, yeah. which parts don't make sense? Yeah. Because I can just go straight into acronyms. But uh, that doesn't really help a lot of people. We love that. Yeah. Speaking of which. Oh, my God. You don't know any TLAs. (laughs) (laughs) Are you going to give me TLAs? Yes, James. We're going to give you TLAs. (laughs) You're going to give me TLAs. (laughs) Yeah, I've been preparing this for ages. That's good. Well, I've been waiting for the opportunity to get the game show back running again. So, this is it. Did we have a cut there? No, there was no cut. (laughs) Oh, there was no cut. This is actually... uh, one piece. Okay, we may have <laughs> done a slight little cut, but it was it was a mini one. It was a gentle cut. It was a ge- no one would have even known if you didn't say anything. Oh, fuck, sorry. We no- cut we again. <laughs> Go back. <laughs> we, def- we have to cut the segment. We need to prepare for these <laughs> podcasts before we start. 
No, this is the this is the gold. This is the highest Being agility unprepared. we Just can riffing. get. Yeah. Just riffing. This is unprepared. We didn't prepare anything, right, Frank? No, nothing. Even at now. All. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, for those who haven't played before, KYTLA. KYTLA. It's everyone's favorite uh, three-letter acronym game. Three-letter acronyms get thrown out there, and someone has to jump in. Say it before you, the listeners have to say it before I say it. Obviously, that's yep. how you get like internet points, and then you win the internet. That's right. <laughs> you know that you're a better person than me if you get any of these correct. <laughs> um, so you go for a minute. We see how many we can get done, and then I might run out. Actually, I don't have that many. Well, th- we don't have to go for a minute. We just go for the length. Okay. Look, it's an in-progress game show. We'll work it out. <laughs> Just <we> make <laughs> up letters. Throw in some lies. <laughs> okay. X, Y, Z. Are you ready? Three, yeah, go. Two, one. RPC. Remote procedure call. VPN. Virtual private network. RDS. Uh, relational database service. Good. IoT. Uh, Internet of Things. Oh, wow. Uh... B-S-O-D. <laughs> Big slapping old uh, dynamite. Blue screen of death. Blue, oh, of course. Windows. CMS. Uh, content management system. Oh, very good. SSL. Uh, secure socket layer. Uh, SFTP. Uh, secure file transfer protocol. W-Y-S-I-W-Y-G. Uh, what you see is what you get. Oh, my <laughs> God, you got that one. <laughs> That's not three letters. <laughs> QA. Uh, quality assurance. Uh, DNS. Uh, domain name service. SEO. Uh, search engine optimization. PPC. Uh, pay per click. CPC. Uh, c- cost per click. CPA. Uh, cl- cost per acquisition. Oh my gosh, you're getting all of CTR. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I don't wow. know CTR actually. Wow. CTF. Oh What's that, God. Frank? Which C- one? CTF. Capture the flag, ding dong. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. I'm trying to do I my gotcha. sound effects. <laughs> Great work there. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Wow. You Which one did I miss? You didn't miss any. Is SSL secure socket slayer? Well, it depends who you ask. Oh, does it? Well, if you're dealing with the ATO. Oh. It means smart student loan or something like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which I've been doing all day. Smart student loans. No, dealing with the ATO. <laughs> <laughs> I thought yeah, you didn't. I tell you we're pivoting the business. Loan sharking. <laughs> loan sharking. Yeah. We found someone to break people's knees. So. <laughs> as <laughs> we, a service. <laughs> yeah, break knees as a service. So we figured we might as well just start, you know, loaning people, money. Predatorily. FinTech is where all the hype is. It you is. Start a FinTech and you get funded straight away. That's right. You don't even need to have a good product. Just don't sla- ask me how I know that. Just slap the word NeoBank on there next. Oh, <laughs> stop! Stop! Pull that back. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've been dealing with the ATO all day, trying to uh, get some requirements for our next feature. Why are you talking to the ATO? Though? Like, what are you? What are we doing? Well, that's the thing; they won't let me talk to them. I have to <laughs> read all their paperwork. Yeah, I, I need a direct line in there to the deputy commissioner, maybe. The ATO is the Australian uh, Tax Office, right? Australian Taxation this Office. Is, yep. This podcast takes place is set, you might say, mm. in Australia. Yeah, and they are the people what take the money from you. When you do your work. Correct. Yeah. And so our our next feature is trying to streamline some of these processes that businesses have to go through to get their ATO requirements fulfilled. Yeah. Just like 
things that everyone has to do for like, and they're the most difficult things on the planet. Every business has to do it in Australia. So frustrating. And it's a bit of a pain point. It's not streamlined. It is. You have to keep track of all that paperwork. Yeah. And then you have to store it yourself. I remember we had, uh, when I worked at a butcher, we just had all the TF index and whatever, the like second page, uh, yeah. just put into a filing cabinet. And then one day, whole bucket of like, <laughs> of uh, nasty water. I think it was just bleach <laughs> got dumped on the filing cabinet. <laughs> and then we just lost all our files. So That's ho- fairly common, I think, but in small business. like Yeah. All the files disappear. Yeah. Very common. But, uh, you know, hopefully with our system, no one's going to dump nasty water on uh, AWS. That was the S3. old days. We don't have bleach near our service. No. Well, I, they probably clean the floors in the data center. We've uh, got the cleanest service available. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if they, like, you actually got a notification from Amazon saying, like, sorry, we bleached the your bu- server. The butcher <laughs> dropped the, like, the, the water bucket on yeah. this. Yeah. The cleaner accidentally spilt the water onto your server. That's probably possible, is it? Well, you'd have to, I, I think, not really. Like, maybe they could have a service interruption briefly because of it, but because everything's, like, uh, what, preemptible, everything's ephemeral. Like, I can't imagine what they would actually break. But they have, they have the replication across multiple regions anyway, don't they? Or yeah, ava- I don't know availability if S3 zones. That. Yeah, I don't know if S3 does that by default. I think you have to enable that. You have to pay a little bit more money. I thought the default was, like, say, for example, if you're, in, if you're using Sydney, and you're storing some stuff in S3. It auto-replicates across to their other data set. Maybe, in case one, bur- case one burns down. I think I think there's a setting for it. Mm. You can choose replication. Yeah, right. Cross region and cross uh, AZ. AZ being a TLA for availability zones. I should have saved that for the next... Sorry, anyway. whoops. <laughs> <laughs> but they must back it up. You, you would think they'd have to do it by standard just so that your stuff is backed up. What if they're... What if the well, that's Data warehouse burns down. Because it's Surely abstracted. you don't have to tick that Your off. Your server hosting is abstracted. You forget that things can actually break because they don't happen. It doesn't break very often. Yeah. How often does that happen? Do people just lose data that's stored in S3 or something? It doesn't happen often, but when it does happen, Twitter blows up. Yeah. Whenever one of the big Outages companies... App, yeah. Well, Amazon had one uh, a few months back, didn't they? They had a big outage, yeah. I remember that was because someone had... Uh, run a development command against a production environment. Ah. Yeah. Naughty. Yeah. Don't do that. Someone had changed, like, uh, they they thought they were playing around in development and then ran their, like, IAC thing Mm. and then had not non-prod, but prod selected. And then, bam, down goes the server. Well, I think it was all of EC2 or something, or it was the NATs. I don't know. Yeah. You've been running command line commands to deploy our stuff. Yeah, of course. Cowboy. Cowboy yeah. style. What do you mean? Is that cowboy style? Oh, I don't That's know. normal. <laughs> Where's your pop? <laughs> What's the alternative? Normal for you. No, no, no. What do you mean? There's no other way to deploy stuff. Well, you could have a pipeline to do it for you. But the pipeline is running. Yeah. It's doing the same thing. Of course. Yeah. But you're, uh, it's not automated. You know, you I can maybe feel some judgment s- here, maybe however. You slip. <laughs> Maybe you sleep and like you try to run one command and then you accidentally pass the wrong parameter. Well, the thing with automation is that uh, there's a whole, when it comes to automating production deployments, there's a whole suite of things that you have to consider in terms of permissions. Like I really don't, the CI server is one of the biggest vulnerabilities that I see in companies. Mm. Like I, 
so much time is wasted on coming up with security documents and policies and like trimming developer access and all this stuff, but then they just give you access to the CI server. Yeah. And the CI server has the flipping uh, admin global role, mm. and you can just delete <laughs> all the accounts if you just change some code. But the the pipeline should only have the, the role that needs to do its job, really. But the role that it needs to its jo- do its job typically is like there's some sort of IAC stuff in there anyway. So like uh, typically there won't be a role per... and. I, it's not viable for most companies. Most companies aren't going to spend time fixing the, the IAC server, like the, the deployment server, yep. to do that. Mm. I'm sure large large companies are. Look, I'm not being critical. It's just an observation. You know I love my observations. Yes, it is an observation. But look, I actually have a very good reason for that. It, it really is probably the most dangerous thing that I've seen at companies, mm. outside of just like the occasional entirely insecure, like no off endpoint. Oh, yeah, I've seen I've seen some pub, uh, public endpoints which aren't don't have authorization or authentication. Yeah, just let anyone run them. It's fine as long they'd have to have the ID anyway. And who's going to remember a UUID? It's a lot of characters. Like try and remember B Z A F. You know, I'm surprised more like medium sized startups don't get hacked. To be honest, I'm sure they do. They probably don't know about it. But also, a lot of medium sized startups probably. What do they have of value to those people? Mm. Not much. The Russian mafia doesn't want your, you know, 10,000 customers. It's kind of a low payday. Yeah, they got bigger fish to fry. Uh, like, I think credit cards I, I remember reading were like, you only get like 50 cents per like valid credit card number mm. on the black market or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. So oh, you have to have a pretty big, you quite know. Quite cheap, isn't it? Yeah. A lot of this stuff is cheap. My credit card number, someone got it somehow. You were identity thefted. Yeah, yeah. They got my phone number too. I don't. I've not been identity thefted that I know of. Mm. I've definitely had people break into my accounts after breaches of websites, but yeah. Oh, really? Ex girlfriends? Maybe. Uh, I don't know. I change my passwords quite regularly, mm. so. I got the password manager now. Which one? As soon as I got the job in big tech company, I got the password manager because I didn't want to be that person who accidentally yeah, that's had very awkward. password one, two, three, four for all these passwords. And I think I told you the one of the vulnerabilities of previous company I had, we got red, we had red team yeah. events yeah. and uh, our, we were like the application locked down, like no vulnerabilities. They like, they gave us the tick. That's a secure app. And then, um, and it was a big company. I won't say who, but the big company audited us. It was like a team of 20 red team people oh yeah. against our team of developers of, that were like 15 people. And uh, the vulnerability ended up being that the CEO of the company had a their, their password they used when they were like 17 was the, the password that they used for our root level uh, Google account. Big boy 0069. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's actually one of my banking passwords. <laughs> strange <laughs> but yeah the, the vulnerabilities are always in the places you don't expect yeah. uh, a lot of times you know you spend a lot of effort securing the api endpoint but then you leave one one open uh thing that you don't even think about or that you're like i'll come back to later like See? the ci server the ci server i think is the biggest vulnerability well I, i'm of the opinion doesn't matter what your role is in the organization you should only have access to the things you need to access 
You're like a prophet, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> what an innovative statement. <laughs> I'm not being innovative. I've I've surely copied it off someone. I'm sure someone said it before me. Uh, it's the rule of least privilege. There you go. That's what I'm trying to say. It's an AWS and GCP. Like it's the cloud. That it's one of the DevOps things. Well, you just limit the blast radius. Like if something does go wrong, yeah, the CEO doesn't need to have access to everything. Well, there's a downside to... Well, yeah, the CEO maybe. There's a downside in technology in that there's more friction when you have to like request access to specific yeah, that's like, true. items yeah, or that's if you're true. building a cloud. Let's say you're working in AWS and every time I make an SNS topic, I have to ask you to build the SNS topic and give me permissions. Yep. What typically ends up being like five lines of YAML ends up being like three weeks of waiting for someone else to finish work. Yeah, that's so. But then you should have the right tool to be able to do your job then. Well, I just think that people, yes, I think I think it's just that organizations typically stratify uh, horizontally, so they do layers mm. on top of each other, which makes communication harder and it's harder to deliver mm. because I have to ask a front end team or front end person to do something. I have to ask the back end person to do something. Have to ask the DevOps person to do something. Have to ask the product person. But if you organized yourself in uh, vertical slices then ev everyone that you need in order to accomplish your goal should be alongside you mm. and uh, working towards the same goal with the same, you know, motivations. Yeah, that's ideal. Mm. Then you actually could have what you want, which is that everyone has least privilege. Yeah, we need that. That's ideal. I said that just then. That's, uh, that's the utopia yeah. of access management. Of the IMs. IMs, yeah. Identity and access management. Yeah. But going back to the ATO stuff. Yeah, that was a, that was a rabbit trail. We were on a rabbit trail <laughs> there. <laughs> but I've been working on uh, trying to collect some requirements for the next feature. So the feature is... So requirements and then also how we yeah. would actually implement it. And uh, sifting through documentation because there's a lot of disparate information all over the place. Well, it's the government, right? So yeah. There is a lot of information and... And almost none of it is useful. Well, sometimes the links don't always, uh, like there's no clear path to get to a certain thing. Sometimes you just end up there because you've followed a, a one trail. Link, a and trail you have no idea one, how you got another one. on that trail. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, for context, I also tried to, like we started implementing this feature uh, briefly before we had a bit of a pivot yep. um, before. And so I was into it and I remember just like, going through like 15 nested documents <laughs> and like trying to remember, I remember reading this sentence somewhere and then like <laughs> trying to find the source document. And then I remember we, I found, I actually implemented a service that communicated with their services. Yep. And then they told us, oh, sorry, those documents are old. <laughs> and I got those documents by following the trail of links on their website somehow. Yeah, I, one other thing I found was Google is still uh, ranking a lot of the old documentation quite high. Oh, is not ideal. So they're not, they need to find a way, I think that's up to the ATO. Mm. But maybe it's there for historical purposes, but Google's ranking it high. I don't know. What historical purposes? When I checked, those APIs weren't even running. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you can show your grandkids one day, look at this. They literally hard-coded the like API endpoints into the um, document, and I was just trying to like netcat, just get any response from the endpoint, oh and yeah. it was just nothing. Yeah. It was just dead. Yeah. 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 So the feature we are doing is t electronic tax file number declaration submissions. Yeah, it's stage one for stage our government. 
generations. Yep. So basically every person who starts as an employee at an Australian business has to complete a declaration. To say that they work there. Say they work there. It's pretty much to say, uh, pretty much to declare how much they should be taxed. Yeah. Because the the payer has to withhold tax. Yeah. Because the government is making the businesses do their job. But let's not talk about that. No. Well, it's not it's not a bad system. Because no. at least when you submit the TFN... It's okay. I feel like most of the tax stuff is automated. For the employee, it's definitely very automated. It's good for the employee, yeah. Yeah. Well, th- but the issue is, say, in the past, it's been pretty much paper documents, and ATO's slowly moving over to electronic. But there's a bit of, uh, a bit of friction there. They must have some old systems that they still need to... Yeah, reading through the documentation, they definitely have some ancient systems. Ancient ones, yeah. <coughs> so... I've found I found a bit of stuff. I actually I got in touch with one person, had a bit of a conversation. He's going to send us some more documentation. We can look at it tomorrow. If hopefully, if it we comes, we can through. read more documents. Read It'll more. just be the same documents you already have, though. So what I done? I sent him a list of the ones I already had, and he was like, uh, "Yeah, two of these are good, two of these are no good, and I'll send you the ones that you haven't seen yet." Hopefully, he actually knows what he's doing. Now. It sounded pretty good, but he uh, sounded confident. <laughs> <laughs> so basically. We need to interact with a, a body called Standard Business Reporting. SBR. SBR. That's it. That's a TLA. Yeah. And then, which you done last time, I'm pretty sure. Is it Software Business Reporting or? Standard. Standard Business Reporting. Oh, that's right. I think we had an argument about this before. <laughs> so, what we need to do is get the right information and put it in the right format and send it off to this organization. Yeah. But what the they want some soap? We're going to send them some soap requests. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 But the guy who helped me, Steve, was his name. So what Steve was saying was, uh, apparently the last person, one of the people who tried to do it not long ago, took him two years. Yeah, that would make sense. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then based on the number of documents they have to read, <laughs> like that's quite a long time. He's like, yeah, and they had a big team. Uh. But I don't know if he was just over-exaggerating it. And then he's like, oh, no, I think that's true. I've heard of one person who done it in six months. I'm like, oh, that's quite a long time. That is still a long time. So then I was thinking, uh, trying to think outside the box and see if there's any other ways that we can still achieve the same goal, but shortcut it. Mm. So there is some... Uh, allowances for people to do part of the work electronically as long as you're using, as long as you are sending them off. So let me back up a bit, explain it a bit better. If you're a payer, so if you employ people and you lodge your tax file number declarations electronically, which you can do through Zero, for example, accounting software, in that case, you are allowed to then collect the information electronically too. So what you could do is collect all the information uh, and at least it saves the paper and all the friction of going backwards and forwards. Well, they can already do that, all of that on their system anyway. That's right, yeah. yeah. 
So all we need to do is just make it, uh, make the like standardize the actual question. Well, I think that that might be, but anyway, this is very specific product stuff. But it seems like that might be something up to the business because they might already have some of those details. Mm. They might not necessarily want that. But uh, I don't know. I I don't think based on what I saw. So I I used their old uh, Java. They had a a little uh, package that uh, had a way to connect with their system. It was very poorly written. Mm. It's some of the worst written like library code I've seen. Actually, we're joking about getting the the guy who uh, started all this off. Oh yeah, onto the podcast. We looked up the product manager for it, uh, the system. Yeah, we should invite him on. Yeah, <laughs> I don't Get his know how it. I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not his fault, I'm sure. No, it's you know. When you you work for imagine working for the biggest company of all time, the government, mm. the world's largest corporation, the world's biggest mafia. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So it it'd be very difficult to build any quality software in an environment like that. I imagine. Mm. I'm amazed Australia does as well as they do because yeah. there are a lot of really well designed government systems. I feel mm. actually submitting your uh, tax return is very easy in Australia. Mm. So I don't know how they manage that as as a government. <laughs> Well, it looks like they're making progress. Yeah, they're slowly moving forwards. Um, but don't sell yourself short, you know. We've already done it once. We can we can hit their servers again. Of course. Yeah, we'll just do the agile thing. Like all, all of the companies that you see on those lists of people who've, u- who've worked with the ATO are all massive companies. Yep. And if we were to be the ones to, uh, you know, crack we that code. We could be the champion of the little guy. That's right. More people should have this ability. Yep. In software so uh and maybe we can share our learnings yeah to we'll help the next person yeah of course and then we can make like you know a little what is it a github uh gist this is how to integrate with oh, the that's a good idea <laughs> integrate with atf that's probably a good idea yeah people would use that yeah it'd also be a good place to you know but it's f- i feel like it's a space dominated by uh massive companies massive companies yeah shouldn't necessarily be that way though no if we want to have innovative new products and help the businesses yeah. of Australia, other things that are uh, that have previously been treated as the domain of enterprises are making their ways into the hands of consumers, like uh, banking APIs. Mm. A lot of banks um, are now starting to come out with APIs where you can do transfers, you can get webhook like notifications. I know Up does this. Yeah, uh, and other banks are either trying to do it or have done, mm. like white labeling their their APIs and stuff. So yeah. it, it's a trend it's and be it's a beneficial trend. Mm. Yeah. Because once you get all those APIs actually usable, all these ancient SOAP APIs are all buggy mm. anyway. So. And there's very specific uh, requirements on how to interact with them as well. Yeah. So the XML stuff, is that SOAP? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's... Uh, I've never used the SOAP API. The the data is XML-based, mm. and then, yeah, you submit the request and you get an XML response. Mm. So it's a bit like a formatting, a format. But then uh, they use something called, I think it's called XBR. I'm not an XML expert. I uh, I dread an every XMLX? time. An XMLX? An XMLE, I think XMLE. it means. XMLE. Yeah. But uh, XML is a very heavily, like, it's very you know, acronym heavy. Mm. There's like people who just work on XML. Really? Yeah. Like XBR and all this stuff. 
And then also the um, like accountants and stuff have to use it. Mm. All these uh, XML documents. I don't know how they how they manage. Mm. It's a very silly uh, formatting system. We're not really using XML in web anymore, are we? No, you definitely are. Uh, Is it under the hood? Integrating with old systems, yeah. So, uh, a lot of companies are like, like I was saying before, with the prox, they're a bit like proxies to old systems. Mm -hmm. Some services now that are like JSON APIs, they're sort of just wrapping the old system in a more usable way, Mm -hmm. and paying some fee on top of it. So you can have a JSON API on top of an XML API, and uh, because it's so difficult to integrate with them, sometimes. You know, it can be a decent money-making strategy because mm. I'd rather pay $10 a month than have to implement the whole ATO thing myself. Yep. There's a lot of things I look at and I'm like, yeah, I could do that. But uh, well You can do anything. It just takes time. You can do anything. But uh, integrating with the ATO is a, yeah, it's a difficult one. It is a difficult one. We can get, we can get there, but we can do it. Yeah. We've look, come looking this forward to writing some Java. Yeah, I'm looking forward to reading some Java. <laughs> Not writing Java. <laughs> <laughs> that will be my, my job. <laughs> well, uh, I'm going back to my, my university course starts again next week. Really? Yeah, part-time uni student. That's me. How is How do you find that, like uh, doing a uni... You, so, you, so for context, Frank, you've done... Uh, Coder Academy before, mm. which is a programming boot camp. Mm. And then you just started working in the I- industry straight yep. afterwards. Mm. And you're a few jobs in now. Yep. What do you, w- how do you feel about university for software? I like the theory. Theory's good. Yeah. They've pointed me in the direction of some interesting topics that I've learned things about. It's more foundational kind of stuff. It's probably helped me. Probably the most important stuff I've learnt was like the networking stuff. Yeah. Even though I forgot it already. I, well s- I remember it some. It sticks of around it. in the back of your brain. It's in the back of the brain. I know where all the references are now. At least yeah. when I see things, when like I see references to TCP IP or the. I, I can't the remember all the masks the for every like cider or yeah. whatever, but. But you at don't least need to. You're, you're familiar with it. So I'm anytime you need it. to, you at least know the terminology so that That's when you right. kno- need to know something, you just. Yeah. Look it up. Actually, one thing I really liked was um, there's a f- there's a bit of soft skill stuff there, like in university. Yeah, like there's really? some. Um, I don't know if you call it soft skills, but there's like some UI and UX design, like building user interfaces. I like that. Aren't what are you doing? Computer science. Yeah. What? Yeah, I know it's funny. Why isn't are it? you building interfaces? Well, it's part of the software, isn't it? If you don't have a good interface, that's not computer science, though. That's software. That's true. But I want to build software, so I liked it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, okay. <laughs> I, I Look, I'm not the convener <laughs> of the course for Charles Sturt University. <laughs> oh, don't don't name drop them. <laughs> We're gonna shit talk them in a second. Because I'm about to shit talk them. But it was it was one of my it was one of the ones I liked the most. But the the one uh the course I'm doing this semester is actually building a real world project with some of my fellow university students. How far in are you to this course? Uh, this, so I'm doing it part-time. This is my third year part-time. Third year. And how much longer do you have? Um, another three. Oh, no. Six years. Of yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. I've got to do four years, uh, four years part-time. Mm. 
So two years to go. It's a long time. Wow. Yeah, but just do it. The thing I've realized is every journey starts with a single step. That's true. And you just make the little step by step and like... But is every journey worth it? Like going to university for computer science? Well... That's the question. Well, I'm partway through it and I feel like the val- maybe the value is in completing it rather than what you actually learn. But I thought the university, you, like you get the piece of paper and then... Yeah. There's well, it shows a... The piece of paper kind of shows a commitment to the craft, I think. Yeah. Um, I don't agree with that, but... <laughs> well, you have to put in, like... I do agree, it takes have, time. you got to make it to the end. I don't know. Don't I've seen a lot of end. people that have uh, come through just, like... People do university just because it's the thing to do culturally. I don't think it That's really means too. anything about devotion to the craft. For you, yes, I would agree. Me, because yes. you have gone from already working in the industry to yep. saying, I will learn more about computer science fundamentals. Yes. 100% for you. Yep. However, for 90% of people, it's just... What do right. I do? Yeah, it's I I'm out of high school. Yeah, I need to. Get I don't want to get a job, so I'll just do university. I like computers. I'll grand. do computer science. Yeah, and then they end up working in accounting or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you got to do it because you want to do it, not because someone tells you to do it. Yeah, I think uh, every education. It'd be better for me. I feel like all of the education I did early was a waste. the The older I was, the more I appreciated education. Yeah, and the more I learned from it. Well and the more my money was worth. Because you're learning the things you actually want to learn. You've yeah. Re- you've, re- you've worked I've also out. paid for it myself. After you after you're mincing all that meat for a while, you knew that, that wasn't for you. Yeah. <laughs> work at a butcher for three years, kids. And that's <laughs> how you learn some... <laughs> that's <laughs> how you find your calling. That's you get your work ethic. And <laughs> it really separates, like, what's important to you and what's not. <laughs> like your fingers. So. It's true, but you don't know things. You've got to just do anything, and maybe you like it, maybe you don't. Yeah. I mean, I've known a lot of people uh, that were very close to me that did uh, university courses like back to back to back. They do one one university course, then they go, they get a diploma, do another university course, yeah. that sort of thing. Seems like it's just a, a pause. But if you wait a little bit in your life, try and get your first job without it. Yeah. Do something smaller first. It seems like it'd be the ideal system. Yeah, well, I knew I liked doing software development, so then I thought, I'll just keep doing it. Learn more about the fundamentals. Learn more about it. Yeah, Actually, right. the algorithm stuff was pretty good too. Yeah. Like, like uh, but you can get more. I reversing feel a linked list. I agree. However, inverting a binary tree that was pretty cool. But uh, you get more of that on Code Wars than you do from university. Yeah. If you were to find a group of people online that were interested in programming and you tried to do that stuff with them, I feel like you'd learn way more. Well, the funny thing is. Uh, the courses I enjoyed the most had great teachers and the courses I enjoyed the least had average teachers. Oh, so it's about the people. That definitely makes a massive difference. If the teacher like if the teacher knows the content well and is engaging, yeah. And you enjoy listening to them speak, you learn like you actually enjoy the class. Whereas when the teacher's not quite on point and doesn't quite know their stuff and maybe they're not the best at delivering you don't always get the best value out of it. Yeah, yeah. But I we're very different. I, d- I don't really really care about the teacher. I just want the, <laughs> the takeaway project. Yeah. You just want the documentation. That's right. Just give me the textbook, please. <laughs> Thank you. I'll figure it out myself. <laughs> it's, it's just a barrier. Well, I don't think I've ever, like, learned much from teachers. One 
I've had mentors that have helped me a lot, but yeah. not not teachers. I don't think. Maybe a different style of learning. Yeah. Mentors, uh, mentors are great too. They kind of just show you down the right path. That's kind of what you need when you're a motivated learner. That's the you ideal. Want someone to show you the path. Yeah, that's my biggest uh, growth is when I had a someone who I could mentor me. Essentially, yeah. yeah, it's not something I can really find anymore. Unfortunately, it's difficult, and it's not necessarily even just software. The most beneficial thing I got from that was the workplace uh, politics. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Being mentored in that sort of stuff is very important all that stuff. early yeah. on. Yeah. The one one other observation with the university stuff is uh, all the Charles Sturt is delivered online, but uh, they definitely need to lift their game in terms of their online delivery. Like if you look at some of the online learning platforms that are around now, even something like Udemy where you can buy a course for $15. Yeah. Like the the quality of the content and the way it's delivered is miles ahead sometimes of what the universities are doing. Yeah. 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 And considering the price difference, like you just pay for a piece of paper. Yeah. It's very easy to get into university in Australia. Mm. It's probably too easy. You need to be able, you need to have, you should have to invest your own skin. Mr. Gatekeeper. (laughs) 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 You got to get your own skin in the game. Yeah. Yeah. You still have to achieve a certain amount of I don't competency know. to get in. I don't think so. I I went to design school and I am definitely a d- design university, and I am definitely not a design thinking person. And I passed all my courses, so <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I'm very clearly a programmer. You passed the courses, but yeah, yeah, doesn't mean you're bad. Well, I don't know. They, I think they they have. Like, think about what their motivation is. Their motivation is to get you to finish the course because they want more money. That's right. They don't want to lose you because that's just, there's no reason to. It's the same with diploma. They want you to pass. I think we both know that uh, in the course that we both did, uh, everyone would have made it. I don't think they would have dropped anyone. You would have had to literally ignore everything and everyone to to fail that course. Yeah. Which doesn't mean it's a bad course. It's a good thing. You think? You have to, you have to achieve a certain ele- the education, though. Uh, you have to achieve a certain level of competency. At the end of it, we won't. You don't really get ranked on it. Like everyone just gets the same kind of. Uh, Maybe that's what I want. Maybe that's what I feel is missing. You want a ranking? Because the thing is, like, if having a a bachelor's of computer science, if that actually, if the people that I met that had a bachelor's of computer science were actually competent in computer science, yeah. I think I would probably feel differently. But I don't think I run into that. So very what often. we need to do is somehow work out a way to it's uh, totally to link it to Code Wars, where if you pass the computer yeah. science, it like bumps you a couple of levels on yeah, Code exactly. Wars. Yeah, exactly. I think that that's worth more than than your piece of paper, not you. <laughs> well, maybe <laughs> I'm just shit talking you this episode, Frank. <laughs> Fuck you in your <laughs> university. <laughs> I'm just jealous. It's just the process, but. Mm. Like you're, you've got your own methods of learning, and yeah. they like they're working well for you. Keep going. Yeah. I need someone to tell me what to learn. I'm here telling you all the time. Oh, I'm reading the books you tell me to. <laughs> <laughs> you won't give me a piece of paper at the end, but No. Well, I can write you one if you want. <laughs> I don't know what it's going to say. James Apple Approves. University. Yeah. I'll give you a GitHub approval and I'll actually read your code for once. And uh, actually, they need you to um, go on my LinkedIn and 
so endorse my endorse skills. My CSS. <laughs> that actually, you know what? All of this, that's the way you can tell if someone's a really good developer is if they have a lot of endorsements on LinkedIn. I would say uh, if they, if you like, a lot of the good developers that I know in Sydney, if you look on their profiles of LinkedIn or sometimes even GitHub, they've got the worst profiles. Yeah, because they're the ones who don't have to network. Yeah, well, their work speaks well, well for no, itself. Well, no, they have their network and they network otherwise. Yeah, people know. Yeah. That's the difference between... They don't do a lot of portfolio projects. Do you know the difference between uh, a brand and marketing? Branding and marketing? No, I don't. Can you explain to me, okay, please? Okay, so... And this, l- this relates exactly to this. So if you want to people to know that you're a good coder, then you have to go on LinkedIn and say, hey, I'm James Apple. And this is my good coding. Have a look you at have this. You have to call yourself the this software is, messiah. This is marketing, right? Yeah, yeah. You have to call yourself software messiah, software <laughs> overlord. What else? What? I, th- I think I called myself software a software prophet. prophet. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Software yeah. martyr. You need to get all that marketing out there so that people know. That I'm a good programmer. That's yeah. what I'm trying to do. Let everyone know I'm the best programmer on my LinkedIn. But the best programmers don't do any of that because their brand, everyone goes to them and says, oh, I've heard you're a good programmer. Well, it's that other people would talk to other people and yeah. be like, oh, he's a good programmer. He's a good programmer, yeah. yeah. So the brand is out there already. Yeah. The marketing has so to... So that the software profit, you it's know... It's kind of like the same... Job res- title doesn't matter. Until you until everyone knows you're the software profit. That's right. You ha- Other people need to say, oh, I hear he's a software profit. <laughs> it's not effective otherwise. So we need to set up like a whole heap of fake LinkedIn profiles that just talk about you. That's the best. I think way that's to do probably it. the best way for me to ever get a job again. Yeah. <laughs> just get people to apply for the job and go. This isn't for me, but you know who you should call. LinkedIn is definitely the best way to just get the most amount of recruiters calling you. Actually, imagine that. You know, like you know, recruiters they ring you up and they're like, "Oh, do you want to work for this job?" And you say, "Oh, nah, it's okay." Then they go, "Do you know anyone who might be interested?" And you go, "Most of the time, I say no. I don't know." Yeah. What do you say? Uh, I just say Frank. <laughs> so I just give them your contact details. Well, what about if we just set up all these fake profiles on LinkedIn and put like great endorsements and like do a round circle of endorsing all these fake profiles? And yeah. then when the recruiters call them, it's just a funnel into us. Oh. You know what I mean? So, like, they so it's like an automated call. Hello, <laughs> are you looking for software people? <laughs> Please call James. <laughs> no, I'm not he interested. He's very good. <laughs> I'm not interested, but please call James. Yeah. Could work. We they have that uh, Google AI thing. The um what is that called? The Yeah, it takes It sounds like a real person. Yeah. yeah. We could do that, but uh repurpose it to get us jobs. Yeah, be innovative. Yeah. Forward thinking. I'm in desperate need of a job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully this startup works out. Yeah, at some point. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's it's gonna be great. We've been getting a lot of it's good feedback. It's already great. Yeah. yeah, we we went live. We've gone live. I, you know, I was in there doing my normal, you know, weekly delete of our production database, and I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> that's not one of our emails. <laughs> and it turned out you'd launched the product. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry <laughs> about that. No. Yeah, got to get people on there using it. That was a meme. I didn't actually do that. If any auditors are listening <laughs> at a later date. <laughs> the database is behind a uh, VPN. You can't get in. That's right. Get out of here. Pretty backed up. Yeah. I never go on there. 
No. Only to for my manual deployments. Yes, yep. Yeah. But yeah, no, everything's been positive. But we'll keep everyone updated on what the latest tr- uh, happenings are. With yeah, that. with the ATO. ATO. Us doing some SOAP. Yeah. Making some uh, event-driven architecture. Actually, we'll probably have a lot to discuss with that in the next, in the coming episodes. More than likely. Is that, uh, what's that? Oh, that was a bit, it came on pretty hard. (laughs) Came on hard, didn't it? (laughs) Like I say, abstract hard and very quickly. No, no, you say extract early and abstract hard. Extract early. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, extract. Is that what that? No. That doesn't sound right. How's your extract game? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We're not marking these explicit anymore, are we? No, this is... We found that the episodes uh, get more, like, probably, like, three more views if you don't, so. That's like a 50% jump. I know. We had before had three people listening. <laughs> now we've got six. <laughs> hey, Charles, how are you? <laughs> Actually, we could list all our listeners. We could just give That'd them all shout-outs one by one. That would be fantastic. James's yeah. mum, thanks for listening again. Thanks, James's mum. <laughs> Shannon, my girlfriend, thank you. Shannon. <laughs> uh, my brother, John. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. All right. See you guys next time. <laughs> we could just call him. It'd be easier. Yeah, we'll call him. <laughs>